Welcome to FS Air, the weekly teaching content of Forest Students, brought to you over the airwaves. What happens if you break a promise to a friend? You'll probably make them kind of sad, right? What happens if you break a promise to a teacher? Like if you promise to turn in your homework by a certain time, you'll probably get a bad grade. What happens if you break a promise to your boss? Your job actually might be in danger. What happens if you break a promise to a contract, like a legal agreement? You might just get sued or end up in jail. So what happens if you break a promise to God? Kind of a daunting thought, right? Our minds race from everything like God might be mad at me to he'd be really mad at me to maybe God would just send a flaming asteroid from outer space to annihilate me and all that would be left is my shoes in a smoldering crater. Probably all of the above. But what if God has other plans in mind for promises between us and him? What if God's promises could never fail? What if we could never mess up his promises no matter how badly we failed? What if, when we break a promise to God, he does something much more radical than we could ever expect? This brings us to our next theophany in our series that we're going to explore. It has to do with a promise between God and a man named Abram, later known as Abraham. God has appeared to Abram and told him, follow me and I will turn your descendants into a mighty nation, living in the promised land, blessed by me. Abram obeys, but has some questions. And it's at this point that a theophany happens. God appears to Abram to guarantee his promises. We find this theophany in Genesis chapter 15. I highly encourage you to go back and read the entire chapter on your own. But for now, we're going to focus on just a few verses here in Genesis chapter 15, beginning in verse 4. Now the word of the Lord came to Abram. This man, Eleazar, will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body, that is to be Isaac, will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars, if you are able to count them. Then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed the Lord, and he credited it to him as righteousness. He also said to him, I am the Lord, who brought you from Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess. But he said, Lord God, how can I know that I will possess it? He said to him, Bring me a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he brought all these to him, cut them in half, and laid the pieces opposite each other. But he did not cut the birds in half. Birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, a deep sleep came over to Abram, and suddenly great terror and darkness descended on him. Verse 17. When the sun had set and it was dark, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch appeared and passed between the divided animals. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, I give this land to your offspring, from the brook of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates River. So let's talk about the theophany itself. How does God appear? God appears to Abram as a smoking oven and flaming torch. 
God appears to Abram as a smoking oven and flaming torch. If you're just a little confused as to what is going on in these verses, let me help you get the gist of it. In ancient times, when people wanted to make a promise or an agreement that they committed to honor, they wouldn't sign a contract on paper like we do today. Instead, they would have a covenant ceremony. This is what we see God and Abram doing here. God is promising Abram that he will have a son named Isaac and that his descendants will possess the promised land one day, the land of Israel, after they are freed from Egyptian slavery. Abram asks God in verses 2 and 3, how do I know I'm going to have a kid? Considering Abram was 75 years old, which is way past the time that most people can have kids. He again asks God in verse 8, how do I know you're going to give me my massive country for my people? So now it's God's turn to make some promises to Abram. God tells Abram in verses 9 and 10, here's how you know this is going to happen. Take a cow, a goat, a ram, a dove, and a pigeon. Chop them in half and lay the pieces across from each other. Kind of like a dead, smelly meat aisle. This is to signify something. That if either God or Abram breaks this promise, they deserve to become like those animals. Dead and chopped into pieces. You might be thinking, ugh, that's pretty terrible. And that's exactly the point. This meant that God was dead serious making this promise to Abram. So Abram does what God commands. Vultures descend. Abraham flees them away. And then things get dark and scary. There appears a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch that pass between this aisle of dead carcasses. Well, who else could appear as an inanimate object that floats by itself? This has to be God himself in this covenant ceremony. So what's the significance here? The significance of fire and smoke signifies God's seriousness to keep his promises to his people. The theophany of fire and smoke signifies God's seriousness to keep his promises to his people. God could have just told Abram, I promise I will give you a son, descendants, and a country, and moved on. But God goes so much further. This smoky, fiery theophany is literally God showing up present in the same time, in the same place as Abram to show that he is serious about keeping this covenant. One author says it this way, God appearing as fire underlies God's commitment to his promises. Fire expresses God's covenantal presence as the holy God. In covenant, he draws near to human beings. That's from Vern Poitras. Interestingly, Did you see who didn't walk between the pieces of this covenant? Abram. That's weird, right? In a normal covenant ceremony, both individuals walk through the pieces together, which shows that each side is equally committed and equally on the hook to keep these promises. For only one person to walk between the pieces is like only one spouse showing up at a wedding. What good is a wedding if only the groom shows up? Or only the bride shows up. You can't have a marriage if only one party appears. But God is doing something much more radical here. God is holding himself accountable for both sides of this covenant. Isn't that amazing? God cannot break his own promises. It's impossible. Titus 1-2 tells us that God does not lie. But 
it is highly likely that Abram and his descendants are going to fail to live up to their commitment to God, right? Think about Adam and Eve the last time we studied this theophany series. Adam and Eve had one command to follow in a perfect garden, and they blew it. Surely Abram and his descendants in a sinful, imperfect world won't fare any better. Yet God is saying, I am keeping this promise no matter what. I can be trusted because I am the one true God. Guys, isn't this great news for us? God keeps his promises. I don't think we realize how much this means until we realize just how impossible it is for us to do the same. Like we know it's a good thing to keep our word and deliver on our promises, but inevitably we don't get it right and we let people down. And other people let us down by promising to do something or be somewhere, but not following through. Yet in this theophany, with God passing through the animal pieces, God is saying, you can trust me no matter what. I will always come through on my word. When God promises to save us, he does. When God promises to forgive our sins, he does. When he promises to be with us and never forsake us, he does. When he promises to use hard things in our lives for his glory and for our good, he does. When he promises us eternal life, he brings us life after death. When God makes a promise, we can be sure that he'll keep it. Even though we're not perfect, even though we disobey God, even though we can be half-hearted, he never fails and never gives up on his promises. God is showing us one more remarkable thing in this theophany. Not only is he promising, not only is he guaranteeing, remember last lesson we learned that every theophany points forward in some way to Jesus. So here's how we see Jesus through this theophany. God passing through the pieces points forward to Jesus, dying for our covenant unfaithfulness. To break a covenant is a very serious violation. It means the death penalty. You have put your life on the line and you have failed. Therefore, you must pay the price for your unfaithfulness. Death. That sounds familiar to our plight with God, doesn't it? We have all been unfaithful to God by sinning. God has told us that our sin to him is like a broken covenant. James 2 verse 10 says, For whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. God has made known to us what he expects of us. What has been true of Adam and Abram is true of us. Whenever God sets a standard for humans, we inevitably fail to hold up our end. With God, blowing it once is like blowing it all, which is what makes this theophany so radical. This is God saying, I'm willing to die for Abram and his descendants' covenant unfaithfulness. What an awesome, loving, self-sacrificial God who promises blessings to his people. Even when you fail, I'm going to take the punishment you deserve. That's exactly what Jesus did for us, right? 1 Peter 2.24 says, Jesus himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we might live for righteousness. By his wounding, you have been healed. One author put it this way. He says, in Jesus Christ, God fulfills his promise. In him, God is with us. 
He offers his own body and his own blood as victim of the covenantal curses. His flesh is torn that God's word to Abraham might be fulfilled. For Abram, this theophany was solemn. It was scary, but it was security. God was going to bring his promises to pass in Abraham's life. He was going to have a son named Isaac when he was 100 years old. His descendants would possess the land of Israel after 400 years in Egyptian slavery. And from those descendants would come the Savior, the one who would crush the head of the serpent, like we read last time. Even though we are early in the story, we can see hope beginning to blossom for God's people. Genesis 15.6 tells us, Abram believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. The same goes for us. If we place our faith in the Lord, that is in Jesus Christ, he has taken the punishment of our covenant breaking for us. Then he will give us his righteousness. We can walk with God like Abraham did because it was God who laid himself down for us. This theophany is a reminder that God always keeps his promises. Not one of them fails. And this theophany points forward to a God who always keeps his people whom he died for. No broken promises here, only a God who is always faithful. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to check out the episode description for discussion questions and additional Bible reading to do with your family, your friends, or your small group. And make sure to check back again soon for more content. We'll see you next time.